And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is read all over your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Ta. Woo. I am so happy to see you. <laughs> I'm happy to see we you. We haven't too. hung out live and in person in yeah. weeks. If not months. I think a, it's been a month. weeks. I, I think know. a month possibly. I feel like time. maybe it's been more like three weeks. Yeah. I could look at a calendar and check, but you know what? Let's keep it loose. Du jour means no calendar. I'm not into labels. <laughs> and that includes calendars. Du jour means no calendar. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a thinker. <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, um, so this will, I believe if we do our stuff right this will be the last episode you hear of 2018 correct because we're on a long breaky poo yes breaky 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 because miss molly is going to be performing an sf sketch fest oh yeah and she has to prepare because she's an artist i really do and i haven't done stand-up in a while so yeah just get out there and do some stand-up remember so, how it goes. so that's exciting you can find more information about that on my twitter which is at serious molly and i'm not doing anything but you can just find my Twitter at Kelly Anakin. She's brilliant. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really digging the Instagram life these days. Oh, so fun. Yeah. So, you know, you can check me out on Instagram. I'm also at Kelly Anakin because brand consistency is so important. <laughs> In these troubled times, what can you rely on? Instagram. Yeah. Brand <laughs> consistency. Though I thought that and then this whole IHOB debacle threw me for a loop. IHOB? You know, you ever heard about this? What's going on? As a gimmick for like a month, IHOP changed their name to IHOB with the okay. for burgers. I heard about that. I thought it was real. I don't go to IHOP anyway. So I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, so, okay. So that was a stunt. That was a bad stunt. Mm, it did get people talking about ihop did you go to ihop at any point after you found out about this? no but i again i'm not going to ihop anyway because i'm not you know ending my prom night <laughs> uh, over and over again i'm uh, <laughs> that's like your groundhog day <laughs> that would be the worst prom oh, night god <laughs> oh man oh, um, you so have to you have to keep making better and better choices until the dude goes down on you or something oh my god that would bad considering who i went to prom with incidentally i don't think we've talked about this on the podcast you know who gives me a case of the splooshy sploosh a young harold ramus like oh i unquestionably i always because like you know like i feel like all my girlfriends are always like oh my god like david bowie and labyrinth was like my sexual awakening and i'm like david bowie and labyrinth was a terrifying mm-hmm. and then i'm like am i just gay because i don't remember but then i'm like oh egon in Ghostbusters, both in live action and cartoon form. We all Ooh. know that it's, what is it? It's Mary, Harold Ramis, fuck Bill Murray, killed an Aykroyd. Are you just not even bringing Ernie Hudson to the table? I don't usually because I don't find him attractive. You are so wrong. Okay, hang yeah. on. Let me do mine because mine okay. would be Mary Spangler. Mm. I know their names. <laughs> Maybe. I don't. Maybe. I don't. <laughs> uh, wait, Spangler. So you got to uh, tell me which one that is. That's Egon. Okay. Uh, shit. Who's Ray? <laughs> all right. Never mind. Anyway, uh, Dan Aykroyd, I'm not attracted to at all. So he's not in this. So I would marry Harold Ramis, fuck Ernie Hudson, kill Bill Murray. Mm, interesting. Yeah. 
Interesting. Well, great. I'm glad we established What are that. your sexual feelings on the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man? Uh, hard pass because I don't like marshmallows. Mm. I will tolerate a marshmallow, but it's like, who came up with this? Why is it still going on? I'll have it in a s'more or like in my once a year hot chocolate. I'll but eat a other fondant. That, you know Ooh, what? No, I will not. Do you know what's so funny? I was just telling somebody that I have a once a year peppermint mocha. Yeah. And you have a once a year hot chocolate. Yeah, I would just is say that. Like, that. Is that like a religious thing or? No, I just, I don't like super sweet things. So yeah, me every, either. There's one day in December where I wake up and I'm like, <gasps> I must consume a sweet yeah, drink. And then fantastic. I have it and I'm good. You're all of a sudden you're like, for I need a little Christmas right this very minute. Marshmallows in my chocolate. Skating in the... Let's go ice skating this year. We could. It's right in my backyard. I know. Okay. Anyway, right, we're listen, doing that. Okay, we're going to anyway. take that offline. All right. So the reason for the season, mm-hmm. dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. After two harrowing true life episodes. <laughs> After two episodes... Uh, from like we need uh we had to uh, we had to we had to do a whole ritual yeah kelly remember when you said that weird thing in that one episode (laughs) no uh my short-term memory is quite bad (laughs) anyway the gal's guide to gilead has been rough so we well i mean mainly the last right right which we thought would be one, but then it was two because we were like, holy crap, too a, much horror. Hey, this is a lot of information and be ah! <laughs> ah! So in order to get us back to this happy place that we are, I would like you to tell us a holiday story. Once upon a time, <laughs> there was a beautiful, smart, talented, uh, voracious, voluptuous... <laughs> go-getter mm-hmm. of not a princess because she didn't believe in monarchy and the divine right of kings true named kelly anakin oh and her brother the wise also not a member of any royal family oh, brother see. sam anakin got her a ticket to see margaret atwood <gasps> speak and then <gasps> meet margaret atwood in person oh my god i can't believe it i can't believe it Oh, that was so exciting. Tell us all about it. Okay, so number one, this was a black tie event. It was the annual Niehaus Lecture for the Mercantile Library of Cincinnati. Wow. A mercantile library is a library where, like, you have to, like, pay to be a member. Weird. So I'm not sure what, like, I'm not sure if it's like, oh, we want a library, but we don't want to be around poor people (laughs) or what the deal is. But I didn't dig into it too deeply because Mm -hmm. it seemed like an intellectual association in Cincinnati and that is great. So he bought these tickets and it's a black tie event. I initially Mm -hmm. thought it was like a 50 buck ticket. We're just going to go to like Taft theater in our (laughs) jeans. And then I find out, Oh no, it's a black tie. And I went through, you know, I went through a very, uh, arduous search to find the appropriate dress. Uh, there was a dress that cost a thousand buckaroonies at Nordstrom that I briefly considered going further into debt to purchase, <laughs> but I wisely did not. And mm-hmm. I bought a dress from eshakti.com, which Ooh. is great because they take your measurements and it fits you perfectly. Oh, Look at the gram. So I bought a beautiful blue gown and my brother like begged, borrowed and stole a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> he like bought parts of it and then borrowed parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, my family, inveterate scammers. <laughs> and so we went to the event and there was a meal. 
Oh. Uh, yeah. So there was there was a cocktail hour, which we thought there were going to be snacks, mm-hmm. but there weren't snacks. So thank God I made my brother go to Taco Oof. Bell before. Thank goodness. We changed because I wanted to have a chili cheese burrito because you can't get them in California. Oh. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Like so many of the things that I want to eat when I go back <laughs> home are like. I'm doing like the Martha, like going back to work ritual, but for like a a chili cheese burrito. (laughs) Um, No shade, no tea. That sounds great. It was so delicious. And it got me through the cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. And we went in for the dinner and the main course was like this like short rib and there was like a butternut squash puree, I think. And there were prawns. Now, I don't like Arctic char. Not an Arctic char. (laughs) Not a... Not a what was it a charming? This is charming Arctic char, Arctic chair. Uh, I, hate you. I get it now. I hate I, you, Professor Pioto. I re-listened to it and I get it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> well, and somebody like helpfully yeah, yeah, yeah. provided anyway. the definition of the word. Anyway, so uh, you had a you had no you did not partake in the prawns because you're not a fan. Well, I ate a prawn because I was like it's maybe I'm missing. I just watched Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. I was Ooh. like Kelly. Maybe you're missing out on an exciting world of prawnery. I wasn't. Hardcore Um, prawns. They taste like brains to me. I just... Anyway, okay. No shade to brains. Brains No shade to brains. If you want to eat brains, uh, I'm just saying it's like this. Okay, look, I don't like prawns. This is a separate podcast where I don't like prawns. Next week for prawn cast, (laughs) where we alarmingly discuss how we don't like prawns. I think they're fine. The debate at 11. So, so we had that. We were seated at a table with some other people who, like, we kind of talked to, but, like, mm-hmm. not that much. Um, we ate our foods mm-hmm. and drank our drinks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, busting at the seams. I was like, when is Ma- like is she here? Is she in the room? What the hell? Because we had seen her during the cocktail hour, like, oh, over overlooking the plebs. Yeah. Who were all, you know, swilling their drinky drinks. Right. And she was standing with Curtis Sittenfeld, who is an author that I now have mixed feelings about. Uh Uh-oh. Having read her updated Pride and Prejudice that was set in Cincinnati. So I listened to that in like the week before I went. And she wrote another book that I love called American Wife that is like this like lightly fictionalized Laura Bush thing. Right, right, right. And I bought a copy and had her sign it. Spoiler alert. nice. For the end of the story. (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah, but that book was like weirdly fat shamey in like super unnecessary ways and i was Mm. like is this you the author saying this or your characters and either way i feel like this is kind of an irresponsible choice Mm -hmm. i don't know it was like written in 2013 i feel like we've all learned a lot about body shame (laughs) since then curtis i'm giving you the benefit of the doubt but i'm also as like a fellow cincinnati and giving you some serious side eye girl Mm -hmm. okay so she was up there with margaret atwood like kind of like looking at everybody and my brother and i'm like oh my god it's her and i sent you a picture i was like that's her it's her on the right and you can like see her like i know she's an unmistakable silhouette so finally they had like the like the president or the executive director of the library introduced the the board president um if we're giving marks for these two intros, like the first guy, like not great. Call me, hit me up for some like private coaching on public oh, speaking, BB. But the second dude was so funny. Oh, good. Oh my God. He was amazing. So he did a nice job of like building up Maggie Atts and Curtis Sittenfeld. I mean, again, I would be like, don't say their names till the end, but like, you know, they don't do stand up. What are they, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So then they came up and they uh-huh. were seated in these like high chairs and poor Curtis Sittenfeld had worn like a short dress 
and was like, I would have worn a longer dress if I had known I would be sitting in this like high chair. Yikes. Um, but it didn't, I don't know. I didn't really like, I didn't notice anything, <laughs> Okay. anything amiss. Good. And so then they started to chat and I can't like, it is like uncanny our Margaret Atwood oh, really? impression. Like it's so oh, insane. That's great to know. I mean, I'm like, I'm going back cause I was texting you the whole you were time. Live texting me the whole well, time. I didn't want you to miss out. No, I appreciate because it. Because it was like, I don't know. It was so inspirational. Like that's like my high level takeaway as I like scroll back through my texts to find <laughs> what I texted to you. Text a little too much, which is why it's no, hard to we find. We text the right amount. We just normally don't have to go back. Um, here we go. We've gotten to the all caps part. Oh, man. Um, okay. So now I'm back. Okay, great, great, great. She was just so inspiring in that, like, she took this very, like, autodidact, like, learn how to do things yourself. Don't rely on other people to, like, teach you and approve you because they're going to want to limit you. Mm. And that really came out because Curtis Sittenfeld, who I apparently can only refer to by her full name. Um, was, if you say Curtis, it would be weird. I don't know. Look, <laughs> um, apparently her brother is like a council member on the Cincinnati city council. So oh, like, wow. oh, okay. Quick shout out to our Cincy redheads. Yeah, we- absolutely. I'm sorry. We didn't get to hang. It was like a very short jaunt and I had to go see Suspiria and like have my mind blown. So yeah, so she was asking her like, oh, because, you know, you have written poetry and you've written short stories and novels and criticism and essays. And I don't remember what the question was, but it was basically <laughs> like, you know, I was like self-taught. I didn't go to like the Iowa Writers Workshop or mm-hmm. what have you. And those are the places where they'll make you like trim down and specialize. So because she was kind of like doing mm-hmm. her own Maggie Atts, you know, Woods Witch thing. <laughs> um yeah, who be the witch of the woods? It's Margaret Atwood. <laughs> <laughs> so I just found that super inspiring just because I always am like, I mean, you know, in, in certain respects, it's kind of like beside the point, but it's like, oh, sh- you know, should I choose the smoothest course? <laughs> Steady as the beating drum. <laughs> should I marry Coco? Um, yes. Yes, absolutely. Mary Coco. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, marry. just like, or, you know, like, oh, like, should I go to like a, like a writing program or should I wow. get really into like you, like UCB or something like that? Or just like, I don't know. Should I just move to LA? You have like, those thoughts? Oh yeah. Listen, I have all, listen, especially when I don't have a job, I'm like, I'm going to get a computer science degree. Like uh, I, I think all kinds of loony stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just, I don't know. Just like you can still, you know. You can go your own way. Or as I like to say, you can go your own way. Go your own way. <laughs> oh, if you thought I was not going to come in <laughs> no, with the No, I was a little there. concerned, but oh, I was like, okay. Oh, no, no, okay. no. Oh, cool. no, no. That's, that's really inspiring because she does, you know, she writes graphic novels. She writes uh, poetry, poems. She writes all kinds of stuff. She does. And all- she hasn't slowed down ever. No. And that is another thing that's incredible about her is just she just keeps going. Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of start at the beginning. So she talked about when she was a little girl, she would write stories about princesses, which made me feel very happy because mm-hmm. I feel like. I would never describe Margaret Atwood as like a girly girl writer, Mm-mm. but there is a definite like femininity that runs through her novels and like an appreciation of the girly girl in mm-hmm. like the larger context of humanity. So I really and appreciate that. I've read one of her actual published princess books. She wrote a child's book 
called Princess Prunella and the Purple Peanut. Oh my god, I think that I have either seen that or I read it. I texted you a picture of it because it was one of my favorite oh. books growing up and I had no fucking clue it was Margaret Atwood written until that uh, is crazy. this project. So yeah, good Also book. a fan of um, writing about flying cats. Yep. And she says, so her dad was a... He was a bug scientist, maybe an etymologist, but sure. that, is that the word thing? Ah, it's very confusing. Look, her dad was a bug scientist, yeah. so three quarters of the year, she and her brother were like out being raised as feral children in the woods Aww. while her dad like observed the mating patterns of these bugs. I love that. And so as a result, she said that her parents were woke by omission. Like mm-hmm. it just like did not occur to them to be like, girls do this and boys do that. So she was just like tramping around in the woods and writing things and doing whatever she wants. And um, if you've read Cat's Eye, mm-hmm. oh my God, which incidentally in the line to get books signed, there was this man who had a beautiful first edition Ooh. hardcover copy of Cat's Eye. Uh, sir, if you are listening, good Lord, mm-hmm. I was very envious of you. But um, that's her most like autobiographical novel because oh. the main character in that had that kind of childhood. And then her parents like moved to Toronto and she has to like deal with life. It's very mean girls, actually. Oh, I'd love to It's read like, it. yeah, you can borrow my copy. It's literally right there. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, my dad the other day was like, I don't think I've ever read Margaret Atwood. Have you ever heard of this book, Cat's Eye? I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Daddy Sanchez. Oh, he's coming as my date to the holiday Christmas party. Ooh, I'm not bringing a date because I'm. Are you wondering my daddy's in town? <laughs> <laughs> On, is it on day. December the 8th? Because that's when my holiday party is. Yes. Okay. No, it's on the 7th. So oh, he did. could do a double <laughs> well, feature, I didn't, baby. I didn't RSVP for a plus one well, and it's too late now. Darn it. So in her writing, Maggie Att says she likes to ask, is it true and is it fair? Ah, I like that. And Or maybe that's just in reading the news. I don't know. But she's very obsessed with fairness, which I think, and look, there's some legitimate criticism to be levied at, Mar- at Maggie Att's about you know, kind of like eschewing the feminist label, but it's mm-hmm. like, I, I get where she's coming from. Like, mm. I don't agree with it, but I get where she's coming mm. from. Um, but you know, for her, there's this sense where she's like, well, I can't, I can't be better than anyone else. Can I get it? <sighs> this is just a great line. She had so many just bon mots <laughs> that were <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. In 1989, the Cold War was supposed to be over and we were all supposed to be happy and go shopping. <laughs> and then talking about sort of like why why she wrote The Handmaid's Tale specifically. Um, and she was born in 1939. And being a Scorpio and being a witch of the woods, she would ascribe <laughs> very significant meaning to that, in my opinion. Um like I ascribe significant meaning to the movies Sophie Choice and Gandhi, <laughs> which were the big winners at the Academy Awards in 1982. <gasps> <laughs> but she says, because I was born in 1939, I never believed in it can't happen here. Oof. And she told a lot of stories about Crisco and how important Crisco was during World War II when the rationing was on. Am I to understand that you mean the shortening Crisco? I mean the shortening okay, Crisco. <laughs> I now I'm envisioning. Now I'm envisioning somebody like on SNL, Chris Kattan's like Mango, but like Crisco. This is like arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and so she talked a lot about you know they could have cookies because of Crisco, right? And 
it was fun to hear her talk about Crisco. Mm. <laughs> she also talks about Canada. We have often been the place you escaped to when things went pear-shaped. So we'll have a nice cup of tea waiting for you in the church <laughs> basement. Which is delightful and horrifying, which is also maybe how you should describe the works of Margaret Atwood in general. Delightful and horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Cut. Woo! I've just, I'm, I forgot. I didn't review any of this and I'm just being like struck anew. <laughs> the younger a female writer is, the scarier people find that person. Oof. And she's talking about gender-based harassment. And she says, I'm used to that. And I don't give a shit. Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. She's amazing. Um, she was brainwashed by the brownies to be helpful, which I thought that you would appreciate knowing that you're a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Are you still a member of the Girl Scouts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lifetime member, lifetime mm-hmm. supporter. You got it. Um, she does her own laundry. Cool. She does not send it out. Nice. Uh, and she says that she finds being clean to be conducive to having thoughts. Yeah. I cannot remember what that was in reference to. <laughs> I think it was the laundry thing. Oh, and here's where she said, this is the direct quote. If I had gone to creative writing school, they would have made me specialize, wouldn't they? Um, the other things that I found so inspiring, she started Alias Grace twice and Blind Assassin three times. Wow. And I would say those are two of my top favorites wow. of her books. Like I took Blind Assassin to get signed. Oh. I was going to take Alias Grace to get signed, but my cover has a Netflix sticker on it and I didn't want to seem like a bandwagoner. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 very smart. <laughs> I hate um, tie-in covers. And for those of you who are aspiring writers out there, um, this is specifically sort of like a narrative stuff, but... She suggests that if you're stuck, switch your writing voice from first to second or third person and see what happens. And I bet you that's what she did with Alias Grace because of the way that that novel in its final form is structured. And I think that's such a great tip. It it is amazing. And it's so simple. She was asked about The Handmaid's Tale and its significance and the fact that it's kind of taken on this like life of its own. And she says... And I'm like, I'm getting like full body like chills. There are some books and characters that escape from their covers. And she talked about Ebenezer Scrooge and she talked about Offred. And like, it's so like, it's so funny to me to think about those two characters in Mm. the same, the same breath, if that makes sense. But like, if you think about it, Charles Dickens was this crazy progressive writer. Because in the Victorian era, it was literally crazy to be like, oh, maybe poor people shouldn't starve to death in the street. I mean, people Mm -hmm. still think that that is acceptable. And I mean, the thing, you know, because A Christmas Carol has been around for so long, you know, people, I think, now have the ability to be like, oh, I'm not like Ebenezer Scrooge because Mm -hmm. ha ha ha, that was a million years ago. I'm Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, but those two characters, I mean, they're, they're very different characters. I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge is like if the Handmaid's Tale was told from the perspective of the commander. Yeah. And, you know, Offred is like if A Christmas Carol was told from the perspective of Bob Cratchit. More or less. Yeah. yeah. I like that, like when characters mean something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And I've certainly seen, I think we're starting to see the very beginning of Handmaid's meaning more than Mm -hmm. the book, The Handmaid's, especially with all these people who are protesting in The Handmaid's garb. It's like, it is like flying out. Well, because what it feels like to me is like we all felt this way. We all have this connection to the book, but like The Handmaid's themselves, 
we were all kind of in our own room with our Mm -hmm. face butter Mm -hmm. and like, I'm the only one that feels this way. Mm -hmm. And then when, you know, these attacks renewed again Mm -hmm. on reproductive rights in earnest, we were all like, nope, (laughs) absolutely not. Um, What was it like to meet her, meet her? Okay. I was so flustered. (gasps) Here is why I was flustered um, in part. Uh, because the women in front of me were the worst people alive oh geez they okay so we all the the talk ended and we had been informed at some point that there would be signing out in front of the ballroom that we were in we were at the hyatt regency downtown cincinnati very nice facilities <laughs> shut up <laughs> not sponsored this, I was gonna say, this podcast is not sponsored by the hyatt regency cincinnati um <laughs> i wish was it the hyatt regency or was it something uh oh doesn't matter doesn't they're matter. definitely not sponsoring us um, now the Grand Hyatt. Ah, too many hotels. Hey, hotels, quit having monopolies on things. <laughs> um, we're definitely not sponsored by them. <laughs> so there, there was a table out front and you could buy books if you didn't bring a book. And I didn't have a hard copy of American Wife. So I bought a copy of American Wife. We're all lined up and we're all kind of cramped because it was like right by the top of the escalator and it mm-hmm. was very chaotic. And I'm not sure how this happened, but like we were all lined up, but people had rushed the stage, I guess, afterward and like kind of trapped Margaret Atwood up there. So it wasn't super great event planning. Like I've been part of these kind of events before and they should run like clockwork. Mm -hmm. Like you should have somebody running the show. You should have a limit on like number of things people can have signed. Somebody should be paying attention. Like how much time are you spending and keep things moving? Um, there didn't appear to be much of that going on. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause there were, there were people who paid like $4,000. So it may be that what like the at the very what? beginning, the $4,000 people got Holy to cow. like have special Maggie Atts time. Wow. But then these women in front of me, I guess they were, they had come in from Boston and I'm not totally sure why. I mean, I don't look, I don't know, whatever. That part didn't bother me, but they had like 15 things to get signed between them and that is so rude that's really rude it's so rude and i felt so anxious and nervous and excited just to meet her and i'm gonna get emotional as i like talk through this and you can see it if you look at the pictures there's one you can't really see most of my face but you can see me like grinning as i'm like talking to her so i get up there these women have just embarrassed the hell out of everyone and I was like, can you make mine out to get it? Question mark. And she said, get it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I do this podcast about The Handmaid's Tale and you're a character on it and you have a talk show with David Cronenberg. And I was just like, blah, 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 blah. and then she was like, oh, what's the podcast? And I was like, read all over. And she's like, oh, how do you spell it? And I spelled it wrong. Now I'm confused. What, um, wh- how did you spell it? R-E-A-D. <laughs> Babe. I- Why did we make those business cards if you're just going to get it wrong? Oh my God. No, it's okay. I would have done Listen, the exact same thing. I, I didn't cry in front of Margaret Atwood. I would have stopped. <laughs> I did not cry in front of her. I got photos with her. She is just a delight. She is such an amazing human being. Just being in her presence was phenomenal. Um... And I'm just so glad I got to meet her. That's really cool. So many of my heroes have passed on before yeah. I got to be anywhere near them, 
Yeah. Like one time I saw a screening of Across the Universe and Julie Taymor was like in the Whoa. room, but very far away. And I just like was bawling the whole time. Um, this was pre like Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, but like <laughs> everybody gets one. You know what I'm saying? That's really cool. And I felt like a contact high yeah. from you oh my texting gosh. me. It was so, so incredible. Oh my gosh. That. Okay. And to like wrap it up, because this has already gone on for 20 minutes it's longer. We like each other. Which is, yeah, listen, and this is a cool story and she said really amazing things. And so... Um, Curtis Sittenfeld asked her what it what is it like to be famous and Margaret was like what do you mean and she was like well you know when we were eating you know people are like watching you eat and Maggie S just goes oh were they and I died I was just like poking my brother like she just we've got her number she's amazing well and she told the funniest story about how you know, people in Canada aren't really, like, allowed to be famous. Really? Like, in the way that they are here. Like, people mm-hmm. are, mm, okay. But um, she said when her daughter was a teenager, uh, when they would get in fights, her daughter would be like, oh, are we feeling a little famous today? Hmm? Do we need to take a little nap because Roasted. we're feeling famous? Whoa. <laughs> wow. Super amazing. Really incredible. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay, last thing, and then I'm going to shut up. Okay. Um, She told a story about her neighbor She was outside um, sweeping leaves and her neighbor was like, Margaret, you shouldn't do that. You know what they'll say about you? Basically, they'll say you're a witch because you have a broom. And she was just like, great. Good. (laughs) Well, she talked about being a woman of a certain age and you're either, you know, she's like, I can be a nice granny or I can be the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, Um, So who do you want to deal with? To which I have that little girl gift that's like why not both yeah (laughs) that's like my perpetual mood is both a grandma and a witch and i'm 27 years old so you're you're a witch ma oh yeah a grand witch well i'm so excited that you got to do that what a nice boy your brother is he is like so wonderful it was incredible you looked great you did us proud i didn't i was just teasing you before I don't even know what you said. I, I yelled <laughs> I yelled at you for getting our podcast name wrong. Oh, okay. I was like, what for my clothes? Listen, I would never. Why I'm would not I? worried about look, I look, again, I think it's a cute story. It's a um, great story. I'm gonna email her publicist and yeah. be like, Hello, I'm very sorry I misidentified my podcast. I doubt she cares, but if she does, here's my number. Um <laughs> That would be my dearest wish. But she gosh, she's just at seventy eight years old. Mm. So self-possessed, mm. sharp as a dang tack. Ugh. Oh my gosh. And just so passionate and just, we're so lucky. We're so lucky that oh, she exists. Yes. Um, so blessed. Yeah. I'm lucky you exist. I'm lucky you exist. I'm happy this podcast exists. Absolutely. doodle. <laughs> 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 uh, good well, story. Yeah, Thank it's you for time sharing to wrap that. it up. Yeah, we happy, are. happy holidays mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. Happy New Year. Practice good self-care. Take good care of yourself and your girlfriends. And uh, no lite teba stardes carborundorum. Dum-dum-dum.